0: Hey, you got a crazy family? We want to hear all about it.
1: Got a brand new podcast. It's called My Crazy Family.
0: And boy, we know there are some stories out there. And sometimes it just makes you feel better to get it off your chest or to hear about somebody
2: else's crazy family. It lets you know that maybe yours isn't as nuts as you thought.
1: Yeah, the bar gets set pretty damn high. Trust me. You can call <laughs> in your stories right now at 1-833-CRAY-FAM. That's one 1-833- Cray C-R-A-Y F-A-M Or Write in your story At the website CrazyFamPod.com That's CrazyFamPod.com
2: And by the way You don't have to use Your real name It's totally okay If you just want to Make up names But you just need to Get rid of this information We are your place
1: You're not going to Believe what you will Hear on this podcast and the insane things that some families have put their loved ones through. 1-833-CRAY-FAM or write in at crazyfampod.com.
0: Stay tuned for our official launch date.
1: And start getting us those stories right now. Crazyfampod.com. My. My. Crazy. Crazy. Family.
2: Family. My. Crazy.
1: Family. Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online is brought to you by Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter. Go to PrettyLitter.com slash ghost to save 20% on your first order. That's PrettyLitter.com slash ghost to save 20%. PrettyLitter.com slash ghost. Today on another Creepy as Hell episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, that 9 out of 10 veterinarians agree could turn your precious pet cat into a bigger slut than it already is. When a family decided to open a cleaning business in 1986, They expected nothing more than to come face-to-face with customers' trash. What they didn't expect was to come face-to-face with the spirits that haunt their customers' homes. Spirits that may not want them to invade their space. Unannounced. That story and much more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855 853 48 write in at real ghost stories online.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is real ghost stories online. That indeed it is. Welcome to the program. Uh, 855-853-4802, our phone number. If you would like to share your real ghost stories with us, we would, uh, we'd love to hear them. It's, uh, Tony and Todd with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on?
0: I'm good. I everything's good. I was going to give you a choice of one of two things mm-hmm. uh, for me to talk about: either one, a listener contacting me, or number two, stuffy nose. Your choice.
1: Um, let's go with the stuffy nose. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Because you knew. All right. So what what happened with the listener contacting you? Well, listener content was great
0: because uh, one of the, a listener from the podcast had reached out to me and I think we've been kind of discussing stuff back and forth, but she had reached out a couple of weeks ago asking me, you know, if there were some books that I really liked about ghosts and not necessarily about theories and stuff like that. Like I get into some of that kind of stuff, but she just wanted some really good ghost stories. and, Mm -hmm. I couldn't, for the life of me, and I, I've read tons of them, I couldn't think of anything other than the damn Amityville horror book, because that just, that in my mind, that's, there's nothing better. Yeah. But but then she started telling me about a story, she, uh, she is from the U.K., Okay, and and so she was telling me this, a story about a, a building there that she's had experiences in and, and her mother is at and I'm like you've got to write in why haven't you written in and she's mm-hmm. well it's kind of long and I'm like you just send it in that's what I want and <laughs> right right it's, I'm like that's that's what the show's all about you send the stories in so yeah. uh, when we're done here I'll tell you what the story is about and you can kind of keep an eye open for it
1: okay yeah I mean yeah and, and if anybody thinks that we want like super short stories no the longer the better actually <laughs> so <laughs> no, I mean, I do like, and I, I, I had to put a limit eventually on, um, when people type in the stories, it's like, yeah. you must have at least 400 words or I'm not even going to look at it because, Good for you. I, because it needs to have some substance to it. Um, and, and, and even the smallest of incidents can have a ton of substance. If, if people use context to kind of set the mood, set the scene, cause that's what it's all about. It's not just, I walked down the hall and I saw this great, right. you know? Give me your thoughts. Give me your feelings. Give me all that. Um, and that's what makes a story make it onto the air. So if you're ever kind of like wondering, what do I look for? It's all of that. Those super long ones, some of my favorite and some that you like remember forever. There's there's so yeah. many of those uh, on the EPP episodes um, throughout the years. And they're just some of the best. I've even been digging back into some of those archives because we haven't heard some of them in like eight years. Um, and uh, kind of like we re- bringing some back from way back then just to refresh and I don't remember reading half more than half of them. I don't remember probably reading 95% of them. Um, I know some people have far better memory than I do, but, um, but it's, they're just so interesting and and there's so many good ones uh, from back then too. So we'll kind of intersperse some of those that maybe were uh, on an EPP episode eight years ago, uh, into the the regular show. Um, Let's uh, take a look here. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number. Let's go to our first uh, story of the day. Okay, here it is. Hey, guys, my story is crazy. I'll try to explain the layout of a place the best I can. My parents started their cleaning business back in 1986. They cleaned everything from nasty apartments, found some very interesting and disgusting stuff, to banks, churches, and my favorite sarcasm, the urology clinic. I remember going in to help them and seeing everything from a nice little outline of a penis on a wall to papers describing post-care vasectomies. Yuck! Fast forward a few years and I started cleaning my own and I got the offer to clean two separate mortuaries. And I was excited. I know it sounds bizarre to some, but I've always found scary, creepy things and the unknown after death interesting. When I first started back in 2017, it was creepy at first, but I became familiar with the sounds of the building. They made creaks. Sound of the ice machine in the back. Until one night, two years ago, I had to take my twin daughters, who were six at the time, with me. And keep in mind, this place is huge, with a big foyer area, four different state rooms, where they place the caskets and flowers, and families come for viewings. I was about halfway done, and in the middle of vacuuming this waiting area, which had two small chairs with the backs of a chair placed against the wall, They've been in this spot since I cleaned this place and have never been moved. So as I go to walk by these two chairs to walk into another room it's adjacent to, I see a shadow off to my right side against the wall, and it moved fast, almost like one of my daughters had come running up behind me and jumped on the chair to be silly. The chair hit the wall, and it shook. I could see the chair somewhere move, so I automatically assumed as soon as I Took no more than two steps back to tell them to go back and sit in the foyer area and to be quiet that I would see my twins laughing and asking when I was going to be done. Well, that didn't happen. I stood there in shock as I leaned around the corner and could visibly see both of my daughters lying on the couches and playing on their iPads. They were nowhere near me or this room. Not even enough time for them to run, jump, and then get up and run back without me seeing them. I couldn't believe I just actually witnessed this with no explanation. I got out of that room as fast as I could and walked over to my daughters and asked if they had just come in and they both said no. I was freaked out for months after that and still think about what it could have been. From then on out every night that I would get done cleaning that place which seemed like it took forever. I had reoccurring dreams where I was in a floating-like state and any casket or person I've seen lying in one, I would dream I was floating or walking up to them to look down, and we hear a loud boom, like a sound. I was pulled backward so fast by something and would wake up gasping and sweating. The other creepy thing that still to this day happens, and I can't explain it, is that on some nights that I'm there I get this overwhelming feeling of being watched or something is behind me or looking at me. I guess these feelings, even on days that there are no caskets in the viewing rooms, and every room is empty. But then at the same time, there could be a casket in every room and I don't feel freaked out or any creepy feelings. What could this be? Does this mean that those deceased people are at peace when I don't have these feelings? And maybe when I have the overwhelming feeling of being watched that maybe there is a presence there? The second mortuary I cleaned had a service they prepared the day before and everything was sat out and looked very pretty. I was in the chapel area picking up flowers that had fallen off the casket and as I bent over to grab one, I felt a hard push on my hip. I screamed and jumped sideways. Then a few days later, I'm standing in a doorway cleaning a window, and I felt someone grab my long ponytail. Those are the most recent things for now. But those specific dreams have finally stopped, thank God. But during the first couple times I was walking up from these horrible waking up from these horrible nightmares, I was on the verge of telling the manager of the mortuary I just couldn't handle it. Thankfully that didn't happen. And I'm still strong. Five years later, I still from time to time see things out of the corners of my eye or get little flashes in the distance that I see. But for the most part, nothing crazy scary has happened since. Back to our conversation in just a second. Uh, First, when my cat, I love my cat, when it's healthy, he's happy, makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader and they're not always the most communicative, I don't always know when he's healthy. Helping me know that my cat's healthy is just one reason that I use pretty litter. Yes, pretty litter. Pretty litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. So no more cat bathroom smell. That was kind of becoming an issue. I absolutely love it. Uh, plus pretty litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust i love that plus the crystals last up to a month which means less scooping fewer trips to the garbage can yes because everybody loves going and scooping and cleaning litter boxes right no of course you don't this gives you longer life on it that's one of the things i love most uh here's the coolest thing about pretty litter it changes colors to help detect early signs of potential illnesses in my cats including urinary tract infections and kidney issues it's like a health mood ring for your cat If you will, pretty litter ships free to my door in a small, lightweight bag, which I love. I never run out of it. Don't have that huge container of litter taking up space and sticking up my place. And if I forget to get it, it's there. It shows up. I don't have to add it to the shopping list, haul that giant bag through the store. Nope, it's just showing up on my doorstep. Pretty Litter helps keep my cat healthy and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as I do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ghost and save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ghost to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ghost. Thoughts on that?
0: Well, I look at mortuaries and um, and funeral homes and all that kind of stuff. I I don't. I can't imagine anybody wanting their energy to stay there. However, I do kind of look at them as a place where um, spirit or energy can hang out, can eventually move on, even almost like a a train depot or something like that, a a, a plane terminal where Mm -hmm. people are coming and going. And so I wouldn't be surprised if something like that was going on uh, in a location like that. I think there's other locations that are very much like that. Um, I've even heard the, theaters can be that way. Um, ballrooms, all that kind of stuff where a lot of people have gathered. There's just this this energy that has kind of held on over the years, and it just becomes this portal where energies come and visit and go or they transfer to other, I don't know levels or I, who knows. but, yeah, I mean, and and first of all, those places are scary. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that you can <laughs> I always thought about like I, I thought about being a mortician at one point I really did really Uh, because well it was kind of creepy right I like the creepiness of it I like the death the death side of it yeah but I didn't want to be like the typical you know overly spooky decor and the organ music I wanted to have like a fun and happy time but I didn't know if you know like ha-ha's happy hacienda of death would really go over all that well. (laughs) People really wanted clowns and stuff like that and balloons and, you know, somebody over in the corner making dog balloons for kids. So my ideas probably wouldn't work, but it's always, it's been a very big interest. In fact, last night I was on uh, YouTube and Uh I was watching videos of embalming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to tell you what I was up to last Me night. Me
1: too. No, I wasn't. Not at all. Uh, I, 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 I I cannot. I'm not good with surgery type stuff or anything with bodies and blood and all that. It's just I I guess no. Um, but uh, but no funeral homes. All in some. I mean, especially. I, I don't know the older ones and the new ones for the most part. I think almost all feel the same. I, I haven't really noticed much of a difference. But I do like the idea of. Someone creating one that's more happy, more like, like the people who would choose this one would be wanting it the, to have a celebration and it's more party like, and it's not so much, you know, these dark rooms that are, you know, just kind of creepily lit and the, the carpets there from 1978 and it, it's just a downer. Uh, uh, yeah. Something for like 2022
0: and you know, I, you know, even if the, the buildings are new, the decor is the same they've got those yeah. damn standing lamps next to the coffins and yeah. you know stuff what could we do to hippen it up enough that it could be a celebration of life instead of this you know
1: you basically make a club is what you do you have a bar you have a there t- you go. it's a club-like hey. atmosphere and but it's approachable for any age so everybody can you know feel good and have fun and I, the from the older you know grandparents to the kids And you do that sort of an approach where it's literally a party. And it's not just like, hey, we got some soda over there and there's a little uh, canister of gin. If anyone wants to pour themselves a little spice, you know, it's like literally a bar. It'd be like a wedding venue kind of. But I think almost more more celebratory and and not like, you know, white roses, just kind of just fun, you know. Yeah. DJ. Right. Yes. DJ corner. Whole nine yards. I can, I mean, Love it. th- it's going to happen. I, I can totally see at some point that's going to be a thing. And people are going to be like, when I die, I want my party there. And I just think you're going to see more things like that as Tony predicts the future. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, I'm
0: writing all those ideas down, and if uh, run with it, you know Todd's hip fun- funerals kicks off, then you know why. you right?
1: do it. Yeah, I think that'd be great. That would be a really interesting concept, and I'm I'm serious. I think it would be. I remember there was a funeral home uh, in uh, back in our hometown. Remember Zach Roll Funeral Home? Oh yes. Um, and uh, I, I, it was like seemed to be like the family choice because I went to a lot of funerals there, and I remember as being a kid playing in that one because it's a it's a spooky ish kind of looking building to begin with um, and the inside just continues on that feel. Uh, and I remember there's a there's a big staircase kind of near the entrance and it went down and the lights were always off downstairs because I think it's where they did the casket room and everything but it wasn't like you know showroom hours when the funeral's going on so it's just all dark and we would dare each other as kids to see who would go down the furthest into the uh, the staircase. And then one of the funeral directors would always come over like, don't go down there, kids. So then he walks away and we'd keep doing it. But Poor poor
0: Grandpa Gus is in the other room in a you know pine box and you guys are messing around trying to get down to see the dead
1: bodies. Hey, we were thinking there might be a club downstairs. And, <laughs> and so there you go. That could have been a whole, you know, we could have started it back then because that's what we wanted. We wanted fun. But I don't know. I I, I don't. Do, do you think that would work with the, the party atmosphere, or would that be? Is that just kind of a crazy thing that I would be down for?
0: No, I think that would be kind of neat. You know, have like lounge couches all over the place, little little seating areas that were different from each other. Yeah. Uh. No. No pews. No benches. No tables and stuff. You just kind of hang out. You can hang out at the bar. Some high top tables hanging
1: out. Yeah, where like you groups know. of people can get together and they can all talk and. It's not like the re, you know, procession line of, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You know, as so you go like 12 deep, it's, uh, I, I think it's a different thing. I know. You could either have a DJ or they would bring in a comedian to do jokes about the person.
0: That I mean, would I, you could just do so many things with that.
1: That would be interesting. We should start this. We
0: should be going to the funeral home business. <laughs> if you're listening to this right now and you take this idea, we're suing. I'm just saying that.
1: <laughs> it is now. Uh, it, it's just being broadcast out there. That uh, that kind of copyrights it, doesn't it? Or it, does, it does something. <laughs> I don't know the law. I, that, it does, we'll it we'll it get does, you one way or another. It does something. I don't know what it is. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, let's go to another story uh, here on the program. Uh, this one says, uh, hey, guys, I recently started listening to the show. You guys rock. I'm uh, from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the UK. When I was around 14, I went on a camping trip to a forested area with a local youth group with 15 other children and around six adult instructors. The area where we were staying is very remote. and consisted of a cleaning, uh, clearing rather, in the woods to pitch tents and an old cottage for the adult instructors to sleep in. We, when we arrived, rather, we pitched our tents, cooked food on the camping stoves, and all was well. Until around 8 p.m. when a thunderstorm rolled in. For our safety, the adult instructors advised that we all spend the night in the dormitories upstairs in the cottage. We all went to bed around 9.30, and as there was no street lights or moonlight outside, it was pitch black out there. I remember scanning the room with my eyes before the power generator was turned off. I could see the door, all of the old rickety bunk beds, the fireplace, no fire lit, and an old-fashioned manual fire alarm that had to be cranked by hand. Then I heard the shout from downstairs, Okay, lights off! Then I heard the generator shuddering to a halt as the lights got dimmer and dimmer until it was so dark you could not tell if your eyes were opened or closed. Remember, I did not feel uneasy at all, only tired as I drifted off to sleep. I woke up not know what time it was but i knew something was not right i looked up and i could see the dim white light source three foot off the ground in the far left hand corner of the room looking around i could not see anyone shining a torch in the area and actually in fact nobody else was awake and then it hit me the light source was self-luminous and that is when i started to get scared when i first went to sleep the darkness was absolute but now because of this dull glowing object I could see the door, fireplace, bunk beds, fire alarm again. I sat there just looking at it for a few minutes, trying to figure it out. Then all of a sudden, it started to move across the room, and I could make out it had legs. The fear I felt was so great that I just wanted to bolt out the door, but it had moved between me and the door, so I was stuck in a blind panic. I switched "'on my torch, but it was still in my blue sleeping bag, "'so it made room, uh, made the room glow a dull blue hue. "'The entity must have been slightly brighter "'than the torch in the sleeping bag, "'as I could still see it. "'My heart was pounding so hard I could feel it in my throat. "'When I whipped the torch out of the sleeping bag, "'it must have been brighter than the entity "'as I couldn't see it anymore. "'I lay there with the torch turned on all night.' Was shaking so much, the sound of the batteries rattling woke up the guy in the top bunk. I told him what happened, and neither of us slept that night. The worst thing was that we had to stay in the same room the next night, too. Keep up the good work, guys. Alan and Newcastle upon Tyne. Thoughts on that?
0: I love how they call flashlight torches there. That's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, do, do you start doing it here, just saying it to people I'm like? What you oh, <laughs> absolutely!
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. That's rubbish. You know. You start using the UK yeah, stuff. It'd be great. I, you know, it, it's so weird because you hear that story and you start thinking alien. You start thinking, you know, entity. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about here? Because it really could go either way, depending on what that light being kind of looked like.
1: Sure. Yeah, I was thinking ghostly, but you're, no, you're exactly right. I mean, it could really be almost anything, the self-luminous type thing. You hear about so many ghosts. You know, it's funny, on, on television, uh, they're always representing ghosts as like these glowing figures. But I would say more times than not, it's like the darker-than-dark figure. Maybe it just doesn't translate well to television.
0: Yeah, and, and we call them shadows, but it's, it's more than just a shadow. Because even with a shadow, typically... Because there's light on other side of where that shadow is showing, you can see, you know, beyond it, you can see what's there anyway, even though there's a shadow over it. But when you talk about shadow entities or shadow people, it's so dark. It's like it's dark matter just standing in front of you. But yeah, I started thinking like alien. I mean, what's going on here?
1: I I don't know. I mean, it's what I found interesting is that the uh, other kid didn't just tell him to shut up and go back to bed when he's like, I just saw this because I don't know that I would believe it in the middle of the night when somebody's telling me that I would be like, uh, Uh, or I don't know, either that or I'd be really freaked out. It'd be one of the two, just depending on how tired I was. But um, that's that would just be a creepy experience uh, to have. Another thing about shadow people too and I always when I heard about them I the first thing I always thought was like oh on the wall or on the ground. Now when we say shadow people they're like 3D entities. It's like the figure of a human moving through air in in real time but it's just a shadow uh outline. Is that how how you see that too? That's the way
0: I see it and and again I think shadow Entity or shadow people, probably a really poor description of how it should be described. Yeah. It's almost like a person, but they're just complete. There's, they're void of all, all light. There's Mm -hmm. nothing there. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like somebody cut a hole in your vision and it it no longer exists because they block everything out that they're standing in front of between you and the items.
1: So, have you ever seen a shadow person?
0: uh, Yeah. Um, and it it really took me by surprise because I had not seen one until this. We were using a laser grid doing some investigating mm-hmm. and uh, was at a train, uh, an old train museum. And we were seated, seated at one location and there was a big, like, long hallway between the sets of rows of trains and, and train cars. And down at the end... A, a laser grid would be like all these little points of green light. In fact, at Christmas time, people have laser grids on their freaking house. Sometimes they use those projection things. Mm-hmm. That's what a laser grid is like. Sure. So we had that up. And what you would see is you could see the poles of the, the support beams and stuff like that, that ran down the way of this hallway. And then all of a sudden there'd be this, all these lights around this one pole that would completely go out. And then they would come back. Mm-hmm. And eventually your eyes kind of focus there and you realize there's something sticking a head out around that pole. And then later on, we, we, and we caught that on camera. But then later on, we actually caught it running on a train. And oh, wow. that was that was the freakiest thing I'd ever seen.
1: That is creepy. Is that in one of the episodes? yes Uh, i think that is in
0: uh episode eight of season one very good stuff like if i wouldn't be there you'd be like what's going on here yeah it's like holy crap
1: that's the haunted state which is on amazon uh uh to watch yeah Yeah. that would be um yeah gosh wow i can't say i've I've ever I, i don't think i've ever seen one um but I don't I don't investigate much of anything. So,
0: but all the years I've investigated, that's the one time that I was sure I saw something, yep. And we caught it
1: on video. That's yeah. I want to watch that. I'm uh, I I'm curious because I've watched some of the episodes. I don't think I I don't remember seeing that one, but I'll look at them. Uh, can you say anything about the? Cause I know you guys have been out again uh, working on some stuff. Can you talk about any of that, or is it? Uh,
0: Nope. Um, well, we went to uh, we went to a location that we had done, and I think it's out. We went to Summer Wind again a couple of weeks ago. Ooh,
1: yeah, the Summer and, Wind engine.
0: Yep, and uh, that's a place in northern Wisconsin that was reportedly haunted and, and burned to the ground. And there's all sorts of stories of evil there and sadness and all that kind of stuff. And we had gone a couple of summers ago, two or three summers ago, and we felt like what you do with a lot of investigating, you feel like you've got more questions when you walk away than you have answers. hmm and so we were lucky enough to get back in there because it's in a very remote part of the state. Uh, the owners are very weird about who they will let on the property legally. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to get up there and investigate some more. And it's, it was a really good time. I think we caught some stuff. Um, you know, a lot of it is just now we got to go through all the stuff that we recorded, all the hours of video and audio and all that kind of stuff. So
1: what I, I I've done a, a story on this, on the grave talks many, yes, you have. many years ago. And I don't remember anything of it. What, what was, what was the story of the summer wind?
0: Um, and I'm going to have to paraphrase a lot of yeah. it because my memory is so shot, but guy builds it for his family. It's a very nice place right on Lake west bay lake which is right on the border of wisconsin and michigan and these were the places where this particular place was not but a lot of people from chicago would travel up every weekend and spend time in northern wisconsin because it was so secluded and beautiful and all that Mm -hmm. so family built it all this kind of stuff there were stories about how uh, this family had hauntings and there was a story about how there was actually Uh, The owner shot some bullets at the basement door because he thought something was coming up after him and all that kind of stuff. Fast forward, uh, other families lived there. Some people rented it for a time. And then the final family kind of left. And I got a chance to talk to a gentleman who knew that family very well. And just for whatever reason, one day they all left town and kind of left the house full of all their stuff. Not completely, but there was a lot of stuff left behind and nobody ever knew why and then it kind of went into disappear disrepair um there was some talk about uh the town finally burning it down because of all the interest that was out there but actually what happened was one night in the 80s lightning hit the place and within 15 minutes it was just a huge blaze and completely a goner so all that's there now two chimneys uh from the house Mm -hmm. you can see where the basement the basement's still kind of there and a Uh, A wall built of boulders that turned out to be what was like the the porch, the front porch over the lake. So it's, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, the old boiler still sitting down there, you can see the radiator sitting down in the basement where they landed when the fire was. And it's just, it's so interesting.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it, it but just, there,
0: but you do it. You do have a story out on that because I did listen to it before we went up just to get another take on it. So
1: I gotta re-listen to that because it's been many. It's it's so funny. It, I my memory is horrible. I I there's Mine so many too. things where I'm like, I know I talked to somebody, but, but I couldn't tell you what it was about because there's been so much. I think it was almost like an information overload sometimes doing this show on this topic because there's just so many things that come through. Um, All right. Let's go to another caller. Hi.
2: Hi. My stories, you know, related to my childhood, as many are. I grew up in a colonial town home um, close to the Chesapeake Bay in Maryland And I know this from the history. It's an old town It's located by water. Um, It's got a rich history as much as the East Coast does with Colonials. So the house, it was situated, it was like a a Cape Cod type home. It had two um, bedrooms upstairs and it was separated by a hallway and a bathroom. And my brother and I were actually the ones that lived upstairs And um, just thinking about it kind of makes me a little my brother and I experienced. Um, We seldom slept in our rooms alone. We typically slept in each other's rooms. He would typically end up on my floor or even sometimes in the bed because we were just too scared to really have a good night's sleep. Um, Some of my young memories uh, that I can recall is feeling somebody, like, touch my hand or my foot and pull it, and that's all it was that um, you would look and there would be nobody there. Um, you know, down the road, after talking with my mom, after we had even moved out of the house, we realized that, you know, we all kind of experienced that same thing. Um, she said it, she seemed to, that the activity was a little worse or heightened when she was pregnant with my younger brother. Um, but anyways, we would recall, like, sitting there in the living room, all relaxed, watching TV, And then all of us look to our backside all at the same time, um, recalling that there was actually nothing there, but we all felt like something was looking at us in the doorway. Um, The scariest thing that I can say in that house growing up would probably have to be the little gremlin thing that used to sit at the edge of my bed. I remember multiple occasions. I, I can't even tell you how many times a week it would happen but I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would look at my bed and there would be just something high enough to where it was right above my my bed frame just sitting there staring at me and as time went on I it would scare me to the point where I would have to sleep with pillows over my head I could not look at the room around me I was petrified so I'd have to sleep with this like fort of pillows over my head well, I was around 10, 10 years old 11 years old and it was there one night and I finally got I guess balls to sit up and confront it because I was just so tired of it t- and it was gone. It left. As soon as I sat up, it vanished. And um, a couple months go by. I'm thinking that the thing over my bed is gone. I don't have to worry about it sitting there staring at me all the, the night. I didn't feel like it was. Um, I remember waking up one night not feeling too well. Um, actually, my heart was racing. I just didn't feel well at all. So I um, was going to get up and tell my mom her bedroom was downstairs and I pulled the blankets over my head and there was a thing standing in my doorway it was tall it was it was lanky and it looked like it was I don't know the best way I can describe it was just flowing lace and um, I remember that that scared me so bad I didn't sleep in my room for several months after I slept downstairs on the couch where we had a fold-out bed because I was just too ter- terrified to go back upstairs in that bedroom. So when my mom told me we were moving to Ohio, I needless to say was excited to get out of that house. So that's just a portion of the haunted uh, stories that I have in that house. Um, later finding out that that home actually came in possession of several people. Um, they had, uh, you know, taken possession of the home and a couple years later they had moved out. So who knows what had happened? Um, you know, maybe those people experienced something similar to what I had, I don't know. But um, I can tell you that is something that definitely sticks with me for the rest of my life. And um, I'll never forget it. Uh, I want to appreciate you guys. I actually just found you guys out um, the other day, and I was hooked. So uh, thanks for what you do, because there's people out there that don't give credit to this. And there is obviously something out there. We just don't know what it is. So thanks again, and I look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you. All
1: right. Thank you for sharing that story. Thoughts? Whenever you know people
0: talk about a haunted house, the first thing I start thinking of is, and I, I'm a big proponent of this, and that's you know having the conversation with whatever's there. Like either, yeah, I'm okay if you stick around, but here's the ground rules, or saying, you know what, you're not welcome here anymore. You got to get the heck out. But then when you start talking about you know tall figures in the door and creepy stuff like that, it's like, ah, hell no. Uh, let's put a stop to that right away because I can't. I can't prove it, and 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 I, you know, I never want to put fear in somebody's mind, but something projecting themselves in that way—if they're not actually that type of entity, but mm-hmm. they're projecting themselves that way—I I can't be really wanting to do you any good, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not saying they're evil. I'm not saying they're evil. I'm just saying, you know what? Get the fuck out. You know? Sure,
1: sure. I, I heard an interesting theory today on some things when it comes to like older homes, and, and now this wouldn't explain necessarily um you know objects moving on their own uh but it, then it, it does almost kind of explain though maybe there an objects moving on their own maybe there is a uh, a psychological reason for those sort of things happening it seems like a lot of older houses have more of the spooky more of the big creepy you know it just plays into the aura of the house already being kind of dark and old Um, those things I would just say statistically seem to happen in places like that more. Uh, it was on the Bill Maher, uh, Bill Maher's, um, uh, club random podcast. He had Jack Osborne on, and they were talking ghosts for a little bit. And Jack brought up one idea. And he's like, I don't know. It's kind of theory that I'm kind of wondering about is, um, what about, you know, the environmental factors of the old home, you know, there's probably mold somewhere in this home. You know, people can trip on things like mushrooms and things like that. Could there be some sort of mold or even, you know, that mushrooms that have been growing in the walls for so many years and kind of permeated, dried out? It's just in the air. It's in the dust of what flows through the home unless it's been gutted. Um, And, you know, it would be that much more built up in an older home uh, than a a newer home. And that would then lead to more hallucination type uh, effects on people.
0: I think it's a great idea and and a great thought concept because, you know, we already know that stray EMF, uh, electromagnetic fields and stuff like that can make you hallucinate, can give you skin conditions, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And we know that when we investigate a location, one of the things we look for is that. So we may need to broaden the things we're looking for while investigating to include, you know, more environmental kind of stuff. And I think usually we do a good job with that. You know, we take a look at, you know, heating and cooling and, and pipes and all that kind of stuff to see if knocking could be that we do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great point. It's not always a ghost. Yeah. Um. Now, now if, if you, like you said, if something's moving or, the, you know, maybe you can't necessarily wash that away, but yeah, I mean, that that's a very good point. And Actually, he's somebody that I have some respect for is uh, Jack Osborne because he's done a lot of investigating. And he does try to, I think, I think there's some sens- sensationalism, but I think he tries to look at things very square and kind of, you know, think them out before he goes, oh my God, it's a ghost, it's a spirit, it's yeah. a demon kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I've never watched his show. I mean, the last time I think I remember seeing him in anything was back 20 years ago on uh, when uh, the Osbournes on uh, MTV, um, but I know he does some a lot of the travel type stuff and some ghost stuff. But it was just interesting. I I, I want to actually go check out his show now because it's like, oh, it, it, I didn't know if it was just kind of like here's a celebrity investigating ghosts. So he seems to genuinely have an interest in it. So, yeah, he does. No, that uh, that was uh, just an interesting one that I hadn't really contemplated yet of that type of an environmental factor, which I think, I mean, wouldn't explain all hauntings. No, but. Maybe it's uh, a culprit in several that are more so just they they seem like they could be something you're hallucinating on. I don't know. It's uh, an an interesting thought. Uh, Again, more questions than answers. Uh, That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or on the Patreon app. Search Real Ghost Stories Online or go to patreon.com slash real ghost stories. You get access to all of our bonus episodes, brand new one every single week. Uh, More than 400 now. You also get the full archive of episodes, the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, and advanced access to our episodes uh, weeks before they uh, go public. Check it out, ghostpodcast.com. All the links there for however you would like to sign up. Until next time, for Todd, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.